the hand's the oldest literature in the world. You know, before we had books or before we had rocks to like carve little messages in, probably we were all trying to figure out what the lines were on our hands. Welcome okay. to another episode of as will 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 as as, <laughs> as you want as you want. There's a bit of delay, everyone. Welcome, everyone. It's just par for the course with 2021. <laughs> just yes, so fun, yeah. so relaxing. Um, hi, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of uh, 2021 as we as you want edition. Um, we made it through 2020. Um, we're so happy you're all here. And um, we're very excited because today we have a really wonderful, amazing, intelligent, um, fascinating guest, um, the one and only Jenna Griffiths. So, um, Celine, why don't you uh, take it away and let us know uh, how sure. we got in touch with Jenna? Yeah, of course. Um, so I was gifted a very cool thing from a family friend, which was a 30-minute hand analysis with Jenna. And I had that done, and it was really mind-blowing and like nothing I'd ever heard before and insightful, and I was obsessed. And I told everybody about it. And um then Jar and I were just talking about who we could have on the pod, running some ideas. And I said, oh, Jenna, that would be amazing. So I reached out and she graciously said, yes. And here we are. So welcome. Mm, thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. <laughs> the um, the pond. <laughs> yeah. The other side of the pond. Mm -hmm. Zurich. No. Yes. Yeah, near, near Zurich, up in the hills, near Zurich. Near Zurich, okay. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Um, so do you want to just tell us a little bit about how you discovered and learned so much about um, hand analysis? Yeah, sure. Um, I was interested in palmistry as a kid, uh, yep. a teenager, and then I, and I'd, I'd you know, study all my all my all the hands of people in class at school and things like that oh, and wow. then and then i went uh to university and studied psychology and chucked palmistry out the window <laughs> right <laughs> and then later later i i i decided not to become a psychologist because I thought, well, they're all lost. <laughs> I know they're not. I know they're not. But that was my um, feeling at the time. Uh, I felt that I needed to go out and study more. I mean, go and experience the world more and grow as a person before I, I went back into that field. It's still mm. psychology is my deepest love. And I went and did all sorts of other things. I, I got other degrees in climate, actually, climate change. So, and I mean, geography and um, social anthropology. And I really spent a lot of time questioning why am I here? What am I doing? And it sounds very familiar. Yeah, and I think that is the case for everybody. And it is, huh? Yeah, is that what you find when you when you do readings? Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm. People do. I think. I think even when you're eighty or ninety, wow. you're still you're still pondering that question. Wow. Mm. And um, yeah, so I, I ended up in advertising. And was doing really well. And I decided eventually that I wasn't on the planet to sell more cars or more beer. And so I went to about. And I took a sabbatical and went sailing and never came back, basically. Oh as, as I, I, and I eventually wow. met a Swiss guy on the other side in Fiji. And uh, we sailed together. 
you know, I was sailing on one boat, he was on another, and eventually we ended up sailing together, and we had a child um, in Thailand, and we sailed until my son was three. Wow. And that was 20 years ago. No, it was 19 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then I came to Switzerland and I was, um, I decided I'd become a teacher. And um, somebody said, Oh, you've got a, there's this guy that comes here from Canada, uh, sorry, from California once or twice a year. And you've really got to check him out. And he, he can tell you the most amazing things from your palms. And I said, no, I've done that, been there, not interested. <laughs> Classic. You really got to check this out. And, mm -hmm. and then, I, then I did. And what was interesting was uh, it was a group, and I knew a lot of the people in the group. And so this was Richard Onger, who is originally from your region, I think even Brooklyn. Oh, really? And, okay. And and now is so perhaps you've got to have him at some point too. <gasps> Imagine if you want to if you want to do the intro, we'd be more than happy to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, and I watched him give other people sessions, and I knew the people, mm. and I was quite impressed because of what he told each person. Did you go into that session? skeptical i mean you said you as a child you were into you were interested in in reading palms so yeah how old yeah. were you you know i was kind of you know coming from an analytical mind and mm. well let's see you know let's see what this is about you know yeah mm -hmm. like that and um then i was quite gobsmacked and when I, and and then i thought oh but maybe it's just you know showmanship and then I went and had a full session, and I was really impressed. It was like 10, hour, 10 years of therapy in one hour. And it, he was able to tell me what my purpose was, and it fitted exactly. He told me what my life lesson was, and it, and it, it is like the, my core issue. And wow. that's, huh. the, that's what I find one of the most fantastic things about the system is you can get right to the point. And and so I um, expect a call from me soon, Jenna. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, wow, I've got a yes. ten years of therapy. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm, I'm, yeah. I will tell up. you that that side it was very up. much. It was very much like that when we spoke. Wow. Yeah, and we we were only on the phone for twenty minutes or half an hour. I think. I know. I was. You know. Yeah, you don't need to do like. Yeah, but. But then again, it's a diagnostic tool, you know, right. then probably you need someone to walk the distance with you. Mm, but, um, oh, interesting. Yeah. And I just thought, wow, I've got to learn how to do this. And, and then just so happened, I live really out in the middle of nowhere. I live on a hilltop, um, you know, like really as uh, Richard, the, the guy that I learned, Richard Unger, uh, he, as um, he says, I live on the North, in the North Pole. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it just so happened that um, a psychologist near here decided to invite him to give, she wanted to learn the system. So she invited him to do a year long and then later an advanced year long and then later a, a master's all on my doorstep in the middle of nowhere. You mean they came to your house? Yeah, they well, they came to 10 minutes from where I live. Wow. So people were flying in from all over the place, and I had it delivered right to my door. So I, I mean, that's pretty there. epic. It's, it's, it's <laughs> amazing how the universe arranged it like that. Wow. <laughs> so cool. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. What was the the teacher's name? Richard Unger. He lives in California. Mm -hmm. Richard Unger. Okay. Richard Unger, right. And then I 
realized that there was a lot of information that he knew that he wasn't in his material. And so I interviewed him every year for six, every week for six years to, really? to kind of like download that for, for hand analysts all around the world, get that information out. And there, there's some places where we've kind of, gone in slightly different directions. Um, I, I really, my, he's the basis of all my work. Um, his, um, his analysis of fingerprints. And, and so he is kind of like the, the genius behind modern palm reading. Okay. You could say. Okay. And he actually comes from your area. Huh? Mm -hmm. He was originally from that area but uh, moved, moved away. But he, that's where his family is originally from where you are. Mm. Um, so the thing is that the, the difference between normal palm reading and hand analysis, the, the, the life purpose hand analysis, is you look at, you, you divide everything into two different maps. So your hand's like a map and You've got two maps. One map is the fingerprints. And you can, Richard talks life purpose, life lesson. But you can also think, you can apply it, you can think of it in terms of um, neuroscience if you want to. Or okay. an energetic map. That's the way I think about it, like frequency. And it's, it's, a, it's an energetic map in a frequency a world of multiple frequencies. That's the way I like to think about it. Okay. In the in each hand, each palm. Yeah, yeah. So you're looking right at the, the ten, you're looking at the ten fingerprints, and there. Okay, so that's one map that doesn't change, and you can think of that as some people talk about it in terms of karma, or and some people talk about it as soul psychology. Mm -hmm. um, that's visible in your fingerprints because your fingerprints, it's like a, an energetic uh, imprint that you leave on the body as the body's forming. Oh, okay. 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 And then there's another map that most of the palmers look at, and that's the shape of your hand and the various line formations. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. And people used to do, or some people still do prediction with that. And there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of different systems. You know, you've got Chinese, you know, you've got different systems from India. You've got people from all over doing all sorts of different things related to what the lines mean. But now the interesting thing about the lines is that if you put your if you get electric shock treatment, all the lines change, they get frazzled. So really, we, because the human body is, we're an electric system. We've got this huge, you know, an electric field around us that, um, and the energy comes in through the hand, the one hand and out through the other, you know, um, I mean, it comes in through the top of your head and all that, all of that. But, um, but we are electric that then gets converted to chemical, right? Mm. And the whole medical model is, is changing rapidly at the moment because the medical model has been chemical up to now, and now it's starting to also go electrical. Huh. So sound, so sound, for example, is, can really impact and change us radically. Um, but... But now the interesting thing is, if you could just visualize that you could take a time exposure of the neurons firing, the, I think what happens is the, um, the, more, you, 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 the more you have a, a, a repetitive thought, the more likely you like to, to grow certain lines in your hand. Like a neural pathway expressed in mm. your hand. Mm. That's bonkers bananas and i love this mm. so 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 it's like uh because you can often see if you think of the lines running up towards the fingers like positive energy 
where yep. you put in your focus, where you put in your energy, and that can even influence the length of your fingers and the fatness of the various zones of the fingers. So that's the one thing. And then the 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 tiny little horizontal lines, not the three major lines, but the horizontal lines going across the palm and across the fingers, mm -hmm. kind of like what am I saying no to? So what am I saying yes to and what am I saying no to? Huh. Okay? Yeah. And then think of your hands as real estate. Um, the locations are very specific. And you can think of it, the, palm, the old palmers had it quite, uh, they were quite accurately recorded, uh, for example, the index fingers as Jupiter energy or Zeus. Okay, Jupiter, he was the king of the gods. Mm -hmm. If you think, so you can take it back to, and this is, this is instead of going astrology, you can go that way, but, but, but uh, Richard didn't because Richard had a, a degree in um, classical literature. And so he read all the ancient mythology and stuff like that, you know, the old things like that. And that is that that was the breakthrough for Hans because the whole thing was to take it back to that mythology and work with the mythology. Mm. Yes. So, so all, all the lines that, or the shapes of the fingers or everything under, say, the index fingers are all related to issues related to Jupiter. So issues of power. Like what do you do with your, your index finger when oh, you yeah. point? Oh, yes, you point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or when, yeah, you, yeah. when you go like this, come here. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, or your trigger finger. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so... The, the length of it, the shape of it, the, um, whether they're like little cross hatchings and where they are all relate or whether they are lines that go like a line that grows up towards that finger from lower down in the palm is called an ambition line. Oh, mm. okay. That's the lead you're uh, looking. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I think. <laughs> And, uh, and, and yeah, so, so, or you might have a star under that finger, which is to do with leadership and to do with, um, needing to find your throne and sit on it, you know, instead of being the power behind someone else's throne. Mm. So, so it works like that. And, um, the, then sometimes there are lines that go from the area just above the thumb, which is called the Marzern, who is the king of the, the god of war. Okay. So this is to do with courage and testosterone and warring. Okay. And those lines go out to whatever's under attack. So it's your thinking. If you are telling yourself a negative story about your partnership or lack thereof, mm. you'll actually grow a line that goes all the way from that zone across to the point of intimacy on your heart line. Wow. Oh boy. Uh -huh. and, if, and, and if you are um, telling yourself stories about uh, what are other people going to think, and etc., 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 then it'll grow a line to that region under the, the ring finger, which was all about um, Apollo, which is about being seen. He was the favorite son, um, about, and he was also the god of creativity and stuff like that. So so it's very, very precise. And where these lines end, where they start, or where they break, all relate to the mythology of the fingers, for example. Hmm. Well, the, the mythology of those gods. So it's, um, it's, it's very precise and very accurate, and it's astonishing. It's really astonishing how um, precise it can be. Um, and what it's, it's really, I think it's the psychology of the future. And the beauty of it compared to if you take um, 
all the various psychographic tests that you can take. They, they actually mix soul psychology and personality psychology into one. And like the hard. ink, you mean the tests you take of like where they show you an ink blot and they're like, what do you see? Mm. Mm. Yeah, all, all these various um, different psychographic tests that you can take. Um, mm. mm-hmm. And if you're going for a job or in things like that. Uh, but, but here you've got, so you've got, a, you know, for personality, personality tests. Okay. Okay. But Richard had the um, wisdom to separate the two. The personal, the shape of the hand and the line formations is the personality, and then the fingerprints, and that can change. That changes over time. That's where you put in your energy, focus. What negative stories are you telling yourself? Okay. What talents have you got that you might not even be using? Um, but the hand is almost like the hand's like a poem telling you, Hey, you've got this. Why don't you use it? Hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So, um, or oops, you know, you, you're not taking care enough about yourself or not have, you know, whatever it is. I mean, the hand, the hand gives a lot of that sort of information, but then there's that's okay. That's the palm reading side of it, you can say, okay? But then there are the fingerprints, okay? And, and Richard wrote a book called Life Prints, okay? Which is about the fingerprints and how to decode, all the basics of how to um, tell the difference. So what is what you're doing there, you're also working with the mythology, but you are um, you're looking at where is the, Pattern intensity, the highest, and where is there less energy in terms of pattern intensity? So some fingerprints have got hardly any energy. They're just like a gentle wave. Mm -hmm. And that's like uh, there's less energy on those fingers. And where are there, where is the pattern very intense? And that's um, that. So the. So we're looking at where the differences across the fingers, and then we say, okay, this is a, this person has a Jupiter type purpose, or this person has a Mercurial or Hermes type purpose, depending on the pinky fingers. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so we're looking at, so that's how one determines um, what would make me feel deeply fulfilled. It's almost like what's calling me, okay? What's calling me, and that. Is visible in your fingerprints. What? Who am I beyond my personality? What am I doing on the planet? And then the patterns that have less energy, you can think of it the way I talk about it. Richard doesn't talk about it like this, but this is how I talk about it. The one is like, what gives me what you know, gives me energy or makes me feel expansive, and mm. what contracts me, what shuts me down? Okay, Richard called life purpose, life lesson. But what shuts me down, so it shows you what triggers you. Mm-hmm. Your fingerprints show you, and if you think of it as a frequency map, okay, you t- um, I, I sometimes use um, Richard, um, sorry, David Hawkins um, of Power versus Force. Uh, he has talks about the various frequencies and how, you know, levels of consciousness hmm. and think of it like that. And what takes me down, what drops my energy and takes me to shame or judgment or anger or sadness. And, and your fingerprints are a precise map for showing you exactly what your issues are and how you get triggered. And you, if, so if you've got a couple, it's great to use with couple, couple sessions Oh. But you can see what the core issues are and how the people <laughs> trigger each other. Wow. And you've done that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have That's like 45 million questions, but here's a question. Our, our hands change over time, right? The lines change. Mm. So how fast does that, how fast is that reflected in the palm? If you... Is it like, oh, it has to be 10 years and it will change? Or like, what if you somehow like, 
you know, you're working really hard on a core pattern of a system or a belief that doesn't serve you. And then somehow you like make it through to the other side. Will you see that reflected in the palm or does it, the core stuff stay, stay, stay with you? You know, people are different. Sometimes, sometimes it fades and sometimes it'll be there almost like a reminder. Mm. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Fingerprints never change. I mean, they get, they can get more faint, you know, if you're working with paper a lot or chemicals, uh, but they try to grow back to their original pattern. It's, you know, that the, so the, the fingerprints are an energetic print. Okay. So that's one, but the, as you say, the lines, they, Children's hands change all the time until about age 20. They're just like the personality. As the personalities um, morphing and changing, so the hands are changing a lot. And they actually, if you, the lines often reflect the issues of the parents. If the, mm. par- if the parents are fighting, you'll see, you might see a line wow. Related, wow. related to that in the child's hand. Okay. Huh. Sometimes yeah. gift mark, if gift markers show up in a child's hand, usually it's related to the parents. You know, it's it's kind of it's a it's a mirror. Your hands are I like to say your hands are mirrors, and they they're showing your inner psyche and what's things that are happening and issues that are are recurring, hmm. and they'll grow in and out. But but they are fluid, and it's and that's a good question you ask about because. For example, the gift markings. Richard uh, developed a way of identifying certain markers, which he called gift markings. And I'm not too happy with that whole thing because a lot of highly talented people don't have gift markings. Okay. So, well, but, I'm sorry. But, but if they're there, you need, it's like, it's, it's, it's like if you write, if you think about it as a poem written about you, okay? If uh, just because there's a gift mark, there isn't a gift marker, doesn't mean that that person doesn't have that particular talent. talent. Mm. But if you do have the gift marker, then it's really, you've got to take that. That needs to be in your life. Mm. Mm. Hmm. So they're, they're sort of like the, energetic blueprint that maybe before we incarnate is is kind of like the mat. Right. And then that's sort of, they're reflected physically in our hands. Yeah. So if you think of it, there's the energetic blueprint and that's what makes me feel deeply fulfilled or, or the energy. Who am I beyond this lifetime? Okay. What am I doing here? Okay. And I like to use a tree analogy of, you know, what calls me towards the light or, you know, what switches me on or whatever. And then the roots are what work am I doing? What? And it's, it's so you can think of it as two parts of the same thing. What calls me in one direction and what pulls me in the opposite direction hmm. to do the work. And that's often to digest what hasn't been digested in the family system. Okay. 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 So you often, it's like undigested stuff. So you can think of it also, I, I, I've spent the last five years studying with Thomas Hubel. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a um, modern mystic and he works a lot with, um, collective trauma mm-hmm. and healing the whole, his, his work is all about healing the, the Holocaust. Hmm. Um, and, and it's, and this is all about the, the whole thing that we, the, what we need to do is, is presence the, all the, the collective trauma that we inherited and that we pass on. You know, if you think about the Native Americans in the U.S., mm-hmm. the, the Europeans that came 
in had been traumatized you know by the romans or by the anglo-saxons who moved into um or the or the supposed potato famine in ireland where there where there was which was basically genocide all those people moved off into um the u.s and then brought this brought uh, traumatized the locals mm. uh, so it gets oh, perpetuated right. or you know uh, i see everything everything gets perpetuated i mean we're getting really heavy here now but um those issues okay it's 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 a way of us growing and developing and um going down and freeing our energy from those from those deeper uh frequencies mm. and bringing them up so so my work is very much in how can we use fingerprints for that deeper stuff but you can look at it from a very superficial level as what's my you know um what are those core core things that um make me feel fulfilled and um that trigger me or you can take it right down to deep um deep trauma psychological stuff wow so um so kind of i mean that yeah that's that's definitely deep because you're not just talking about the individual you're talking about the individual's place in a larger system related mm. to their family karma related exactly. to cultural you know karma mm. or trauma or you know so a societal the, aspect the of human it. yeah right. the human tree so you can think wow. of it as you're working on three trees at the same time your own acorn or oak tree your family system <laughs> and then the human family you know what am i doing on the planet to shift humanity forward that's you can beautiful look at it all and they're all interrelated wow that's amazing hmm. and you can think of it also in terms of frequency you know like um how can i if my family spend sometimes the family put a cement floor in the basement not to go deeper Oh, we're going to uh, keep it light. We're going to stay playful. We're going to, mm. you know, or oh, uh, we're not, or we're not, we're not going to do anger. You know, we're mm. going to just stay that level, okay? Right. And or, or else they do anger very well, but they don't go deeper. They're not willing to go down into sadness or shame. Okay. So it's like to look where is the concrete floor that the family's put in, and what's your? Sometimes it's your work to smash those floors. and go deeper. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Wow. Celine your face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I know because I'm like, like... cuz what it's what it's bringing up for me is all the different systems that I study or I think about like you know in terms of um esoteric healing and the fields and then acupuncture and you know ancestral trauma and it's all of course it's all in the hand you know and but I'm it's just a, it's um it sort of feels like a perfect perfect mesh of all systems into one and I'm mm. it's just like a little like mind blowing mm. <laughs> that's why my face is the way it is yeah <laughs> Richard who did he how did he figure this out what did okay. he study okay so i told you about him having a a degree in um literature classical yeah. literature okay and uh he then um once a, one day a palmistry book sort of like landed in front of him in a bookshop hmm. and uh it was uh benham there was a, a from from about 100 years ago who wrote a book on also looking at it from the mythological and the length of fingers and stuff like that and he used to walk around with that and then richard was very he really is the genius behind the system and was very very thorough and looked at what he could what what worked and what didn't work and he threw out 90% of of the hand reading um myths 
Wow. Uh, and, and, and developed a system. And then one day he was in a medical library. Um, I think it was in the late 70s. And sitting there trying to make sense of fingerprints and what, what various medical papers about fingerprints. And it suddenly, it was almost like a download. The fingerprint, you know, that the fingerprints are an energetic map and you can use the pattern intensity and then work it according to the mythology, the Greek mythology, the same as you do with the, the personality map. And it, the whole system kind of like dropped into him. And um, that was, wow, I think that's 40 or 50 years ago now. And, um, and wow. it's really proven to be uh, extremely useful to people. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that um, he, he had a degree in literature because I feel like that you know, he, then he, he's so well versed in just symbols, you know, mm -hmm. and and um, looking at the world like non materially and more from a symbolic perspective. And, and so, mm. you know, it seemed mm. like that kind of was the, the groundwork he needed in order to start to interpret this on that kind of level. It's it, really fascinating. Exactly, because the hand, it's like the hand's the oldest literature in the world. You know, before we had books or before we had rocks to like carve little messages in, probably we were all trying to figure out what the lines were on our hands. And, uh, and, and, and his, his, him studying poetry, and sometimes you've got to, you read a poem hundreds of times before you figure it out. And some poems you figure out immediately and some poems you don't quite figure out. And it's the same with hands. Some people's hands, oh, you can immediately see what the issues are. And sometimes you've got to look at them and look at them and look at them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> some people write to have a novel, you know, I mean, uh, like or a couple of um, volumes of information and other people it's quite cut and dried and straightforward oh. that's beautiful um so just uh for my own edification again and maybe for some other people um you gave us so much wonderful information so it um in terms of just the because you had said basically with with the hands there are two systems there's the fingerprints and then there's essentially the the palm and and the size and and finger length mm. and, that, and that kind of thing. Mm. And so the shape and where you know, where things mm. are bending and the tips and all the rest, yeah. And so, the lines and those mm. can change. That changes enough. That's fluid. That's personality psychology, and the tips are the soul psychology. Perfect. That's what I I was mm. curious about. So okay. Mm -hmm. mm. And the one changes and is fluid. That's. That's the personality. So if you think of it, if I just give you another analogy, imagine like a river, there's the source of the river that's constant. Mm. Okay? And then there are the banks of the river, which change over time and can change in an instant. You know, if there's a flash flood, the river can change and, and jump courses, or you can put a canal in the river that's like going to the army, <laughs> you know, you get the canal put into the river. Right. So that's, so personality is like the banks of the river. Okay. And the, the, the water going through is like the, um, the soul psychology. So, so it's the constant mm. source mm -hmm. and that you can use a sluice gate so you can shut down the water or you can open up the water. Okay. That's this, the, the energy running through the system, okay? But that needs to be, it needs to work through something. And that's the personality or the banks of the river, okay? So your personality, the energy comes in and it's the constant stream, okay, of what's calling you. And... And and but it needs to work through whatever's there, and that's that's your personality, and that right. 
often habits that you picked up from your family and various other things um, affect that. But even though the banks are like hard, you think that that is the structure and the waters shift, you know, more fluid, the personality is more changeable. And it changes yes. over time and it can change in a flash. Yes. Okay. And so actually personality is quite fluid and it's the constant source of your energetic print that, that doesn't change. Your fingerprints don't change. Hmm. That's a great analogy. Hmm. Very helpful. Yeah. Wow. Celine? Um, do like your toes also have this on your feet? Yeah, you know, I actually started a couple of years ago. I thought I'm going to also record people's feet. <laughs> That's a great question. Because you, because you do sometimes get a whirl-like pattern. Apparently yeah. Buddha had like a whirl on his feet. And, you know, when people were walking around barefoot, they probably studied each other's feet. Yeah, true, yeah. true, true. And uh, But it's because you've got so much dead skin on the feet. Yeah. Um, if you make prints, like ink sheet prints, it's such a pain to try and get that ink off the feet. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I eventually gave up. But, I, you know, probably they mean something. But yeah. I think it's more related to grounding. A lot of that. You know. um, yeah. Or maybe, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, the only thing people notice is sometimes people have got a whirl on the foot and sometimes they don't. Mm. And so my interpretation would be it's related to being a teacher of grounding or um, of being here. Um, whereas the others, we're like pulling ourselves up and we have, we've inherited fears and inherited stuff that actually ungrounds us. And then we start thinking, 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 thinking. And trying to, um, instead of being fully embodied. Mm -hmm. So you can um, think of you can think of finger you can think of fingerprints as a tool for helping us to become more embodied. Oh, mm. Jerry, you probably love that. You love being in your body. <laughs> I do. It's important. I mean, I'm a very air. Very person, good at so yeah. That's that was a huge focus for me the last few years. Mm, mm, me too. I think that's what that's the work we need to do now uh, to be in the body. Mm. Um, well, when is your birthday? <laughs> My birthday. <laughs> yeah, seventh of January. <gasps> You're a Capricorn. Well, happy belated birthday. Yes. You know, thank you. I, you know, I never used. I thought I didn't know anyone who had the same birthday as me. Um, but then the the guy who wrote the Adams Family. <laughs> that black humor which well it's very capricorny that is very capricorn but, oh wow yeah but then i don't know if you've heard of findhorn at all and no. um okay that's a, a spiritual community in the north of scotland and um one of the founders was also the 7th of january and uh mm. so I, 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 not since lockdown, but before then, I used to go there to to do a workshop every, sometimes twice a year, sometimes once a year on um, life purpose. On do you things. do workshops? Yeah, and I teach it online, week wow. workshops, and now um, now a week a weekend workshop, which is called the Purpose Wheel, and and like what sticks the wheel and how to get the wheel moving again. Huh. I mean, yeah. you've done so many cool things. <laughs> Been on the planet a lot long. <laughs> Pass my cell by date, maybe. <laughs> um, Jir, do you have anything? Do you have anything you want to ask? Um, well, I was I was going to say, if people are interested in learning more about hand analysis. Um, would you recommend any books uh, or resources that they could kind of dive into? Absolutely. I would, I would certainly recommend Richard's book, Life Prince. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Great. And he offers courses, um, and I used to teach his courses, but now I like to just explain it in a slightly differently. I like to explain it in terms of frequencies and stuff like that, and and bringing in Thomas Hubel's work. So I teach it slightly differently to him, and I also offer courses online. And you have your own website? Yeah. Okay, great. We'll link that for sure for people so they can check it out. And they can mm. contact you through that too if they're curious about it, getting a reading? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. So they, they can explore, just look at all the various, there are different people uh, doing this and they can look around and see who resonates with them mm. the most. You know, look at Richard's uh, work. I mean, he is, he is the, he's the genius behind this system. Mm. Now, I'm just bringing in my psychological training and putting it into more, I would say I'm putting it more into the collective trauma perspective. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, yeah, that's very powerful. Because it relates back for me to my training and, and you know, I kept torturing myself recently about, oh, look at climate change and what are we doing about climate change? And I've got all that training and a post-grad in that and why am I not doing anything with it? Um, right. Why am I a hand analyst? But actually, it's about raising your consciousness and it's about becoming more fully embodied. It's about becoming mm. more sensitive to each other and more sensitive to nature and just being able to be a sentient being which in which is getting over the collective trauma um but it's not it's not bad that we had that because it's almost like we needed to go the rational route and then mm. now we need to go the the other it's like the tree goes down up down up down up yeah, and, and and that's what we're doing. Um, and and so, but the next step now is for us to be able to sense enough and be sensitive enough to the fragile ecosystem that we're part of. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, that's, I mean, I think your work is definitely contributing um, and yeah. helping that because each person yeah. that you, you know, can touch, that reverberates. Um mm. Mm-hmm. And and each of us starts to wake up to our own um, developmental process and towards what we're touching. Mm. It's like step by step, you know. Mm-hmm. We're 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 in this game until we all um, get through the. You know, it's levels. like a, if you think of it like a video, another video game. Levels of yeah, Jared and I always talk about how we're leveling up. You know, hopefully. <laughs> that's yeah. what that's what you're doing here. You know, that's what that's what your your radio show is all about. And I'm sure you're touching a lot of people and helping a lot of people with it. Mm-hmm. Wow, thank you. We Gosh. hope so. <laughs> Best. You have such a melodic way of explaining things. It's really great. Mm, thank you. You could have your own podcast too. <laughs> I had one, but I, I I put it on the side for a bit. I was doing a podcast called Earth School and and then Earth Uni, um, and interviewing all sorts of people, even Byron Katie, and uh, and then I started with the Thomas Hubel work, and I realised I was completely in my head, and I inter- and so I did. Um, I interviewed one of his senior. Um, senior trainers in his group who really helped me. I thought, I thought, because we went to do some of this collective work, I thought I was going to a meditation um, week and it w- we ended up not being, well, it was a meditation week, but they were doing deep healing. I thought we were meditating for the world. We're going to become a better meditator and we're doing global work through meditation but actually what they were doing in groups is healing collective trauma Um, and after that I thought felt I couldn't meditate as well Uh, and then I realized um, that I wasn't 
actually in my body. I was just in my head. Oh. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was a process, a process of, of actually recolonizing your body, you could say. Mm. Mm. That's wild. Coming out of your head and going more into, because I thought, I said, oh, you know, I think I picked up fear from one of the other guys that was in the room. He was shaking behind me and I said, just hand it to me. You know, I can deal with it or whatever. And I said, now I feel like, he says, what do you feel? I said, I feel like tingly sensation in my neck and in around on my shoulders. And he said, like fear, you know. And he said, well, that's what aliveness feels like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think I was such yes. a good athlete and triathlete because I wasn't, I was in my head. I wasn't <gasps> feeling all the, you know, the, anyway. oh my God. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's this whole embodiment thing is, is a big deal at the moment. I think, I think you're on the right track with that, Jeremiah. I'd like to hear your adventures in, embodiment <laughs> oh yeah for sure i mean i i talk about it a lot in the uh in the podcast but um i mean it's funny too we're talking about embodiment and like your hands are such a big part of your body but um uh yeah i uh well i i think it all it all comes back to meditating for me at least when i started yeah. my meditation practice um uh, uh seven eight years ago um i uh part of the reason I actually started the meditation practice was because at the time I was working at a job where I, this, I, I, this had never happened to me before, but speaking of the body, I had a, um, physical experience of stress. Um, like literally, uh, I, I broke out in rashes, um, around my second chakra of all places. And, uh, that had never happened to me before. I'd never, um, had stress literally manifest physically like that. Um, so I started and at the same time, ironically, the the place I was working at was offering meditation classes. So I started, um, doing that and, um, and the meditation, interestingly, you know, as someone who's very airy, um, and, uh, you know, studied philosophy and, uh, you know, my father's a rabbi, so there's like a lot of like heady kind of, you know, I'm Jewish, so, so there's a lot of like Jews tend to be heady people um, where, you know, we, we emphasize in, in the intellect and, and reading and, and we're, we're the, you know, the people of the book and all that stuff. So it's, it's you know, generationally also a thing. Mm-hmm. But as I started meditating, um, uh, I had some experiences where uh, not myself, but uh, um, a couple of uh, people around me or or acquaintances, I had experience of people who um, I started tapping into higher frequencies. But the danger of that is if you tap into higher frequencies and you forget that you're in a human body, uh, you can really just fly away. Mm, um, and mm. so that that's kind of I had a couple of experiences where other people uh, were experiencing that and it was a real like warning I felt um, for me to stay in my body Um, and around that time I think Selena and I did an episode with um, uh, this person Abdi Asadi who who talks about embodiment all the time and um, so yeah uh, and he and he talks about how you know a lot of people meditate but uh, like you were saying Jenna uh, there's a tendency sometimes when you meditate to just be in your head. Um, mm. and it's really, um, something where, uh, to be more in touch with your body, um, you kind of transcend the head and the body, but like the path is through the body, not through the head. Mm, mm, mm. Um, Otherwise it becomes a spiritual bypass. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's, that's what it's been for me. And, um, 
actually, I got hit by a car the day that I had a reading with this guy, Abdi, which I felt was like a very clear indication, like stay in your body. Um, you know, so <laughs> luckily nothing, you know, nothing serious happened. Uh, yeah. it could have, you know, who knows what could have happened, but sure, that's it amazing. Was, it was a very clear indication of, you know, just stay, make sure to stay in your body. Um, and, and at the time I was actually, because it was the same day of this reading, I was like, stay in your body, stay in your body. Um, so I feel like I actually, I wasn't, I wasn't in my head. It was just like. A little, you know, you're here. Mm. Click. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So it, it, and it, it's funny too, you talk about the tree analogy. Um, just to go back to that is I, I think of that tree analogy all the time. Um, I think it also relates to yoga. You know, if you do yoga, um, in order to do a lot of poses in yoga, particularly standing poses, you can't really accomplish a yoga pose unless you're fully anchored and grounded. Mm. And a lot of mm. times, um, you know, my my past yoga teacher, who I love, would always say that you know, if a lot of people are always leading with their head, and the reality is, is like you have to be on the ground first, and then you can expand out and mm. raise yourself up. And open, you know, your crown chakra and that kind of stuff. But it has to mm. start from a grounded place. Um, mm. So, mm. I think it was Carl Jung who said, "No tree can grow up to heaven unless its roots go right down to hell." So. Wow! <laughs> I mean, that's there amazing. You go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. No, it's so wild too for me right now. I um. I'm on my computer and Bashar just started playing. <laughs> just out of nowhere? Out of nowhere. That's so wild. Bashar wow. is, do you know who Bashar is? It's like my favorite alien. I talk about him all the time. But um, it's, that was so weird. That wow. was so weird. Anyway. Um, you know, the tree thing is interesting because I've, I've been making an effort for this month to meditate every day. And in my meditations, I've been having this vision of being here. And then mm. I have roots that go all the way down into the earth. But mm. then I also expand all the way up and I'm right in the middle of it. And I got to tell you, it's been talk about being in your body and grounded. It's pretty rad. So mm, fabulous. Yeah. Anyway, mm. That's Thanks. my story. So if you want to go more mental, then you can take it into those frequencies. And, um, you know, if you think of the tree going down deeper and deeper into frequencies, deeper frequencies of uh, different feeling states, because we don't want to do that. We don't want to do all that hard stuff work, you know. But if you think about the stuck energy in the family system as like gold nuggets, or coal or oil or whatever. Okay. And mm. you, by freeing up that energy, you can then use it in your tree you know, or, or the water. If you think about like sadness, like a lake of sadness, you can take that and make your apples on your tree. <laughs> I, that's, I love that because you're flipping kind of something that people can look at negatively into a positive thing. You know, mm. if you look at family trauma, you know, you can look at it as like, oh, I'm so angry that I have like all this family trauma or ancestral trauma or anything like that. But you could also look at it as like, no, well, what if mm. you what if you look at it as stuck energy that's actually fertilizer? Mm. Yeah, or, or a rich inheritance. Yeah, a rich, rich inheritance. Or like that's a it's, or yeah. like a collaboration between you and that. You know, mm -hmm. Mm. right? Mm. A relay race. Yeah. Yeah, like stack energy that we can then free up and, and use and share. Yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's this collective thing. It's not just um, individuals. I think we're, we're all in this together. We're, we're doing, that's what we're doing here. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Jenna, thank um, you so much. Yeah, thank you. This, this is amazing. so wonderful. Um, I think yeah. we both, Celine, we both learned a lot, right? Absolutely. I think absolutely, a lot of our absolutely. listeners, I'm sure, learned a lot. Um, 
I'm probably going to reach out to you at some point soon. (laughs) I probably will too as a follow-up. Well, thanks for having me uh, and on your show and and congratulations to all your your awesome work. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 